And welcome to Election Day. Yes, the midterm election day is finally here. It's Mike with you on the Puro Pelka podcast. Thanks for hanging out. So many of you listened when I was broadcasting in Iowa Friday and Monday and Philadelphia on Saturday. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. More guest hosting coming up soon, but not now. Now we have to talk about the job today. The job today to deliver a massive victory. I hope you voted. I voted early in Delaware because we had it for the first time and I didn't want to mess with lines today. And uh, I'm seeing lines at polling places, which is a good thing. People voting is a good thing. People voting for Republicans or other than Democrats is an even better thing. And I'm excited about that opportunity. How is it going to happen today? How is the tsunami, the red wave, the red drip, whatever it's going to be, how is it going to work out? Well, we'll talk to Henry Olson. Henry is a writer at the Washington Post. What? Washington Post, you say? Yes, the Washington Post. Henry Olson has a 20-year track record of predicting correctly what goes on in the midterm elections. So we will talk to him. I know we're all kind of watching the early results starting at 7 p.m. tonight, and Virginia is going to be a big stinking deal. Virginia may be the indicator. So that's where my eyes will be. But I'm looking over the whole country. There's some real interesting things going on, not just the Senate races, the gubernatorial races, and, of course, every single House seat up for grabs. But in, um, in eastern Oregon, there are two counties who are voting to leave Oregon and go to Idaho. Kind of interesting. And it's all about gun laws, abortion, and taxes. And uh, eastern Oregon is a much much more conservative area than Western Oregon, where, of course, Portland is, and all the madness we saw in the summer of 2020, the summer of love, the chop zone. Yeah. But here's the thing. While this is fascinating to me, and I would love for people to live in a state that matches their political ideology, so if these two counties move from uh, Eastern Oregon to Idaho and they're in a red state now suddenly— what does that mean? Can, can other counties in other states decide to vote themselves out of a state and into a, a better politically established state? I'm just wondering what this means. So we'll watch it. Eastern Oregon, a couple of counties that are voting to join Idaho. Very, very interesting. Hmm. Nine counties in eastern Oregon have already voted to join Greater Idaho and the Greater Idaho Movement. So uh, we'll, we'll keep up on this one and see what happens. It could mean uh, Oregon would then lose congressional seats, I guess. This is going to be a fun one to watch. Uh, a couple of other items on my list. If we do get the red tsunami, there are a lot of things that I believe should get credit one of them is social media, like the libs of TikTok, who fought and fought and fought, get, get the message out there of all the madness that was being done in our schools, all the craziness with all the trans stuff. Yeah, I know. It's exhausting. But all of those parents who have been fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting against this madness, this indoctrination, 
thank you. And if a miracle happens in Michigan and Governor Whitmer is beaten by Tudor Dixon, which could happen, it could happen, I think it will be because of some of the stuff that Libs of TikTok put out, like Governor Whitmer yesterday in her final appeal, putting out a TikTok video. This one. Bipartisan tax cut will help reduce the economic burden of the cost of menstrual products, especially for lower income Michiganders. Saving people with a period from paying taxes on up to $4,800 in spending over the course of their lifetime. So Gretchen Whitmer can't call women women. She calls them people with a period. I hope you get a period put after your political career here. And while we're in Michigan, the Michigan Attorney General's been nuts for a long time. Dana Nessel, this past summer, called for drag queens in every school. Really? Seriously? No, it's not a problem for kids who are seeking a good education. Drag queens. Okay? Let me say this. Drag queens, not only are they not hurting our kids, drag queens make everything better. No, no, they don't. Men dressing as women, usually very badly, they make a mockery of women. And why do women allow this? That's what I don't understand. But that's the attorney general of Michigan, the same state that has the governor that can't call women women, wants to call them people with a period. Madness. But thanks to libs of TikTok, we learned about a lot of these. Thanks to Libs of TikTok. And I have to give some props also to um, the RNC Research Twitter account, which has posted daily some of the most damning videos out there that are working so hard to get the message out about what Democrats are really all about. And it's got to be driving the Democrats crazy because uh, the reality is A lot of people didn't know what the heck was happening. But thanks to social media, and hopefully this will get even bigger now that Elon Musk owns social media, owns Twitter. And uh, we hear that Twitter is doing land office business these days, doing more and more engagement since he took it over. But we're learning about some of the shift in demographics among the voting populace, for example, The Latino voters, which we've been told, the polling says, well, they're moving. They're moving to uh, the GOP, the Latino voters. And even MSNBC couldn't avoid reporting on it, talking to a uh, Texas Latino voter. And I think they got the message they were dreading getting. This was unbelievable. This I couldn't believe they let this go on, MSNBC. Somebody probably got fired. I've been staunchly Democrat all of my life. Um, It hasn't been until recent um, that I've been undecided. I started voting Republican here at the local level. Iris is a longtime resident here in McAllen, Texas. You had never voted for a Republican in your life. Um, What do you make of that? I think it's just um, people are tired of of the same, same old, same old, the same status quo. If if we keep voting the same people in, nothing's changing. The Democratic Party is faring well with Latinos at the national level. But in the Rio Grande Valley, the numbers tell a different story. Well, now here's the reality. When this reporter says the, uh, the Democratic Party is faring well with Latinos, they've lost about half of their traditional support. 
which will be devastating in the overall counting of votes. And we have to talk about the overall counting of votes because will the votes be counted by the close of business today, not based on what we're hearing? We're hearing that uh, we may not know for days and days and days the actual results of this election. And that's because, as Joseph Stalin taught us, it's not about the votes that count. It's who's counting the votes. And in Pennsylvania, there's a battle going on right now. It's kind of an important state, Pennsylvania. The Pennsylvania Supreme Court issued a second order on mail ballots and the dates. And the legal fight isn't over. Fetterman's people don't want the, uh, the badly filled out ballots to be thrown away, even though the Supreme Court said they had to. They ordered it earlier this week. Wrongly dated mail ballots must be rejected. That was the order. And now before a single ballot is counted, John Fetterman's campaign has already filed a lawsuit. It's a little unnerving, is it not? But I am hopeful. I'm a believer. And uh, I have to be, or I'll go crazy. Uh, but we also have some of the interesting things for the last couple of days that have been happening. And uh, the message from the Democrats has started to shift away from democracies at risk now to crime. They're suddenly waking up to the reality that people don't like being afraid to go out of their homes, to get out and pump their own gas, to go to the store, even to go to vote. There were people who were saying, I got there early to vote because it's dangerous on the streets it's true but i think it's too little too late i really do think it's too little too late and uh i i will leave it up to the experts to give us a projection when we get uh, henry olson in here in a few minutes a couple other things I, I want you to keep an eye on today a couple of other stories that caught my attention Things that also made me laugh a little bit. There's some dumb stuff out there. We have to laugh or we'll go a little bit crazy, you know. We have to actually make sure we uh, retain our sense of humor on this midterm election day. We've been bombarded with all these negative ads for so long. Uh, the world's largest airplane. Let me give you a little bit of good news. The world's largest airplane had been destroyed earlier in the earliest days of the Ukraine war. And we're now hearing it is being rebuilt secretly, which would be a very good thing. Uh, Lab-grown blood, lab-grown blood, mean, meaning uh, we created this, it's not natural, is being given to humans in a first-ever medical trial that is targeting really bad diseases. So maybe, just maybe, we'll, we'll engineer a way to create, uh, I guess, a super blood that might even eliminate something like cancer. We'll talk to Dr. Michael Royzen about it tomorrow on Wellness Wednesday and find out. And um, I, I need to know what's happening in the boardroom of Tyson Foods. You know, the chicken giant, their chief financial officer, apparently was arrested over the weekend, charged with uh, public intoxication and uh, breaking into somebody's home. He was found uh, asleep in someone's bed, not someone he knew. So we'll we'll deal with that. And uh, Whoopi Goldberg has decided she's a quitter. She's quitting Twitter. She's out of Twitter. She said she's just tired of it. I'm going to get out. Well, why don't you hear it in 
Whoopi's own voice in her own words. It has been a little over a week since Elon Musk took over Twitter and the place is a, it's a mess. He's already called back some of the workforce. He fired a few days ago. He's putting his $8 charge for blue check verification on hold. First it was going to be $20. Now it's going to be $8. He also suspended Kathy Griffin for impersonating him on a parody account. Uh. Which has started a free Kathy hashtag to Trent. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I'm getting off. I'm yeah. getting off today because I just feel like, you know, it's, it's so messy. Yeah. And I, I, I'm tired of now having had certain kinds of attitudes blocked and now they're back on. Yeah. And I just, I'm going to get out. And if it settles down and I feel more comfortable, yeah. maybe I'll come back. But as of tonight, I'm done. Well, she is done. She's gone. But she also gave herself the opportunity to come back. Typical. If I get my way, and and also a little bit of fascism in there, I don't like seeing some other opposing attitudes. So I'm out of here. So I guess that's good news. I, you know, but to declare that Twitter is a mess just because you don't like it, it's it's not exactly factual. It's all about feelings in this case. And Whoopi truly was reacting to feelings, which goes back to a lot of things we hear about liberals. Your feelings aren't facts. Uh, also looking at facts, the Powerball drawing last night, the $2 billion Powerball jackpot drawing that happened last night but was delayed. We didn't get the numbers until this morning. And I had to kind of shake my head and go, uh-oh, is this a bad sign for getting the election numbers? But if you didn't see it, the winning numbers for the big, 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 big drawing, I don't see if it says there's a winner yet. Uh, 10, 33, 41, 47, 56, and the Powerball was 10. Now, a week ago on Halloween Eve, when it was a, a gigantic jackpot too, the number 13 appeared in the winning numbers and it was the Powerball. And last night, the winning numbers included the number 10, and the Powerball was the number 10. Does that happen that often? I don't know. I'm not sure. I just know I didn't match any of the numbers. So I, I don't have anything. I got nothing here, people. I got absolutely nothing. But if we win tonight to get all the control of the House and the Senate back, I will have been a big winner. And we will find out. The other things we're keeping an eye on, will there be an actual prosecution of the person who hit Ted Cruz with a can of White Claw while Ted was riding on a float in the Astros parade? His daughter was with him, and some jackass threw a can at him and hit him. Could have easily hit his daughter, too. They did arrest the guy. Nancy Pelosi got all choked up talking about the attack on her husband, but she also managed to find a way to tie it back to January 6th and, of course, to Donald Trump. Because she's Nancy Pelosi. Uh, the Biden administration is paying for room service and child care for people here illegally being housed in hotels, which means you and I are paying for room service and child care for people being housed here illegally. Anyone else get mad about that? Border wide open, not just the drugs. 
and all the sex trafficking, but now the people who come across the border, and we don't know who the hell they are or where they're from, really, now they're getting hotel rooms, room service, and child care. Hmm. Really interesting and infuriating and maddening. And one more maddening moment that obviously has triggered the left. Elon Musk is freaking people out because he said he wants people to vote Republican, to give control of Congress to the Republicans. Now, he's not a Republican. He's not a Democrat. He is a guy who is a disruptor. And Elon Musk loves it when there's disruption. And he's trying to disrupt the Democrats' control over the country. And I'm sure if this were a GOP-controlled House, Senate, and White House, he would be telling people to vote for Democrats. Pretty sure about that. Just my thought. All right, I'm going to take a quick break. Let us get in here our, uh, our expert, someone who's going to actually break it down, what, what to expect today in the midterms. Henry Olson from the Washington Post, yes, I said the Washington Post, joins us next on the Pure Opelka podcast. With the midterm elections all but upon us, everybody is uh, projecting their ideas of how this thing is going to come out. And most of us don't really have a clue. Most of us are just going on gut on something that we heard from a guy who knows a guy who talked to another guy or maybe another woman, if we can define what a woman is. But I prefer to go to experts. I prefer to go to people who have track records in such things. And when we talk about track records and projections in midterms, the name Henry Olson comes to mind, Washington Post columnist and a guy who has been around the world of politics and various think tanks, even wrote a great book called The Working Class Republican, Ronald Reagan and the Return of Blue-Collar Conservatives. And, and he's got a, a great piece in the Washington Post appeared Monday about the midterm elections, and he's also here with us. Henry, welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm glad you're here. Now, did you ever think maybe I'd be better served doing predictions for one of these betting apps since you are so accurate? You know, you could be the Jimmy the Greek Snyder or whatever <laughs> prognosticator in in the world of political betting. Is that a possibility or or are you just trying to keep well, it pure projections? I, I have a nice gig with the Washington Post, and I'm not looking for anything else. You know, if uh, if Caesars wants to open up a political betting <laughs> thing in Las Vegas, they can they know where to get me. I like that. It's a very diplomatic answer, keeping the boss happy. Well, let's talk about it. You you do have a track record. It's uh, it's correct for me to assume that based on your past mm -hmm. history of looking at midterms. Yeah, I know. I've got a 20-year record, uh, and it's pretty darn good, you know, as far as getting things within a couple of seats, getting the right direction uh, going. Even in 2016, and, uh, everyone said Trump was going to get his fanny whipped. You know, I wrote a piece uh, before I joined the Post for another publication that said, no, actually, Trump has a good chance to win, and he's got a better chance of winning than Hillary's got of winning uh, this in the landslide. They're all saying it is, and Lo and behold, that one turned out to be right, too. So nobody's perfect, but I've got a good 20-year record I'll be, uh, stand by and be proud of. I like that. I like that. It's just the facts, ma'am. Just the facts. Well, so let's look at it. Let's look at what we're facing with the 2022 midterms, even though 
We'd like to have all the answers at the end of uh, voting on Tuesday. Will we? And uh, based on that, where do you think this is going? How big of a swing or how small of a swing could either the House and Senate be? So what I'm saying is I think that the Republicans will win the national popular vote when you total up or total up all the votes for the House races by about five and a half points. That's about two and a half or three points more than the polling averages suggest. Um, I've got Republicans picking up a median of 33 House seats. That's more than virtually every other major prognosticator who's not a partisan Republican. Uh, but I think there's a possibility for a little higher upside on that as well. Uh, because if the dam breaks another point towards the Republicans, there's a lot of seats that start falling. Senate, I think it'll be plus two to plus four Republicans. I'm being a little aggressive saying plus four, but uh, wouldn't be surprised if two very close races in Arizona and New Hampshire don't turn out the way I'm expecting. But uh, um, uh, either way, it's Republicans control both chambers. Wow. And that would be a gigantic boost to people like me who want to see the brakes tapped or slammed on the administration's plans to continue spending and continue down the path they're going. So I would be a big fan of your predictions coming true. Uh, let's talk about a couple of those races you mentioned. New Hampshire, General Baldick is a, a big surprise, especially to uh, Democrats. You're feeling pretty confident about that one? I am not. That's the one I feel least confident okay. about of all my Senate picks. But what I am confident about is that it's going to be extremely close, that the partisan trends that we're seeing are in the Republican direction, that all the state polls show that she has, with very few exceptions, that she's sitting at about 48 or 49, his opponent Maggie Hassan, that the momentum is with him. I think he'll win. It's the uh, if he lost by a point, it wouldn't surprise me. I know it'll be close. I think he'll win. Now, the end, so I'm assuming that um, Mark Kelly in Arizona is also someone that you're, it's on the, on the, um, on the teeter-totter here. It could go either way. It, it, it could go either way, but I feel a little bit more confident about that. Um, the reason why is uh, that, he, too, is polling generally below 50% against his, in his race against Blake Masters. And um, if New Hampshire is primarily a white, college-educated state, that's the demographic that is shifting against the Democrats the least. Arizona has a lot of Latinos and whites without a college degree. They are shifting against the Democrats a lot. Hmm. So I'm expecting there to be a polling error. There was a significant pro-Democratic bias in all the state polls in Arizona in 2020 because they didn't pick up these shifts. I doubt the pollsters have changed. So I look and I see partisan momentum, candidate momentum, significant chance of a pro-democratic bias in the polls. So if Masters is down by two, I think he's got a decent shot of winning by one or two. And now we're talking with uh, Henry Olson from the Washington Post about uh, the midterm predictions that he has a great track record in this arena. And when you talk about Arizona, do you not give Masters a little bit of a halo effect if the uh, Cary Lake push is as big as we're being told it is? You know, it can't hurt. Um, but I would turn it the other way around, which is that in the modern world, people tend to pick parties and then candidates. 
So if we're seeing a Cary Lake push and we're seeing some other polls that suggest that Republicans are winning the other races on the ballot, I think that is a sign of a Republican push as opposed to Cary Lake reaching down and having coattails. Okay. Okay. I can see that. Uh, Do you see anything as a possible surprise that could um, maybe flip to the Democrats in either the House or the Senate? Are there any real possible shockers? Shockers, pro-democratic shockers. Is yeah. that what you're asking? Yeah, I am. Are there any? I think <laughs> any right now there? I would say the pro. Yeah, right now I'd say the pro-democratic shocker for me would be is if Catherine Cortez Nasto held on to Nevada. That Nevada was a state that uh, Biden won by only two and a half points. All the reports are that uh, Democratic turnout in the early vote is down. That Latinos, which are a significant part of the population there, are fed up with the Democrats and are moving rightward. I think if Catherine Cortez Masto um, survived against that, um, there are some polls that suggest she will. People who are professionals are picking her to win, but I personally would be shocked if she were to win. Excellent. Excellent. I I like the way this is going. Henry, do you follow anything uh, in terms of how much spending is going? Do you base any of your projections on how much uh, campaigns have poured into uh, either side of this? Yeah, I have looked at that, and that is one of the things that I'm basing uh, my prediction on, is that when you look at the party committees spend hundreds of millions of dollars in independent expenditures, and so they're kind of like the Wall Street investors in politics. Um, And so you want to know where the market is going, you want to know where the smart people in the market are going. And what they've been doing for the last couple of weeks in the House side is investing in races that Biden won by an average of about seven points. That doesn't make sense unless the Republicans are winning the national ballot by at least three. And in the last week and a half, you've started to see Democrats in particular throwing millions of dollars, late expenditures into races that Biden won by between 10 and 20. Again, you don't do that. You don't waste millions of dollars of your clients' money in those seats unless you're seeing damage danger and that means that the late trend they're seeing is shooting away from democrats and towards republicans so i figure smart money is either stupid this year or they're saying keen things that the public polls aren't and i'm going with the smart money all right well we've we've got it written down here as many as 33 seats projected possibly for the gop to grab in the house and two, maybe four in the Senate, which would mean total control of Congress for the GOP. Henry Olson with The Washington Post, thank you for spending some time with us. And uh, if you make that deal with Caesars, call me, because I went in on the ground floor. Yeah, you got it. You got it. Caesars calls, I'll tell you what, even if Bally's or maybe the Mirage call or the Venetian, whatever that is, we'll just... We won't make it a specific deal. I'm going to Vegas. You'll come and listen. I love it. Thank you so much, Henry. God bless. 